This is the Venturing Angler podcast. In this episode, we'll chat with Luciano Alba of Estancia Laguna Verde Lodge in Argentina. Luciano has a lot, an amazing lodge that's located uh, at some of the most prized uh, trout destinations in Argentina, and we'll hear about why now. All right, we're here with Luciano of Estancia Laguna Verde in uh, Argentina. Tell us about the lodge. Well, hi. Uh, well, you know, we, we after uh, nine years ago, we, we acquired the, the Estancia you know, in, in southern Patagonia, in the province of Santa Cruz. And, well, uh, from there, we, we were new in the fly fishing business. We were fly fishermen for a for long time with my father, but never had owned fishing operation so it was new for us it was very exciting lots of hard work but and now after that we've been nine years uh, with the fly fishing lodge and it's been really uh, fantastic and very very exciting for us that's terrific so tell us about where you're located exactly i know that you're in patagonia in argentina yeah so uh, in we are located in southern patagonia in a province in uh, the south uh, of the of the country uh, of the continent and so it's in the center of the province and it's a region called Strobel Plateau so okay. that's because of the Lake Strobel you know and it's a high plateau it's about th thousand meters above sea level and you know, well known for a rather harsh weather sometimes and windy but well it's a uh, I've seen the surface uh, shots sometimes of the lake when it's windy and it looks like it can get like it can get pretty crazy in there Yes, yes, sometimes it uh, can, can be really windy and yeah, it's uh, it's one of the, like in Tierra del Fuego, you know, same, you know, right. very windy region, but, you know, it, it is said that uh, during winters that are very snowy, lots of snow, it's supposed to be the best summers and usually since we've been there, it's been like that, you know, like for example, last winter we had a really nice snowpack and from then it was pretty nice with, uh, with weather all season long, so well. It's still a windy region anyway. What's the region like, just naturally speaking? Um, what, what kind of terrain? And so it's a high plateau. It's okay. a high plateau, so very, very harsh, very, very, you know, uh, no trees and lots of uh, basalt looking. Right. Yeah, so there were no volcanoes in the area. They were just, uh, you know, la lava, lava poured out of, out of the ground and through gravity, you know, and being very liquid, it covered all the all the the area. So let's talk about the fisheries. There's two really impressive fisheries that I know of there. Um, and, you know, I don't want to take away from anything you have to say because I know it's pretty impressive stuff. So, Well, you know, um, you know of course, the main attraction is Strobel Lake or also called Jurassic Lake. And it has only one tributary, which is Barrancoso River. Uh, it's a rather small stream, which goes into, from comes from the highest mountains there and goes into Strobel Lake and yes both are really uh, amazing fisheries you know not just in for the size but also for the characteristics of the of the, of the places like Strobel Lake you know being really uh, clear waters uh, so lots of chances to sight fish and catch fish on dry flies and mouse patterns and so are really exciting and then Barrancoso River also a really small but very very nice river like a freestone type river 
big, big boulders and rocks and Barrancos River has two, two main uh, runs of fish. One happens in spring, in our spring or in southern hem hemisphere, which is usually from end of October till late December. And then the second run happens in autumn, which starts usually depending on, on rain and snow in the mountains, but usually about 15th to 20 March, a little bit later, all the way into April. So both really exciting times to fish Barrancoso River. So you mentioned sight fishing, um, including with mice. I didn't realize that Jurassic Lake or Strobel Lake had those opportunities. Yes, you know, especially during uh, more calmer days when wind is not uh, blowing so much, or even the base, the estancia has about nine very protected bays in, in, in our shoreline. Uh, you, can, you are really, um, it's possible to sight fish a lot. And also, yeah, many times our guides try to, they always their, their first, uh, Go to fly is a dry fly, and many times it's a, it's a mouse patterns. So, like for example, Moorish mouse patterns or hemorrhoidal mouse, and many many other patterns that are effective and uh, where well it makes for a really exciting uh, fishing. And of course, watching a, sometimes you see like a fin coming out, and you know a oh. big fish uh, <laughs> go, going for a for a fjord dry. Sometimes they they don't take it, but they kind of like bump it with uh, their heads. You know, so they probably take it by aggression or just curiosity, but and makes for very exciting fishing. That's pretty cool. And the one thing that was sort of uh, referenced, but uh, we need to get into, is the size of these fish. They're huge. Yes, yes, yes. It's very, very amazing. You know, from the first time I was to, to the lake, I couldn't believe the, the size of these fish. Uh, and also, for me, it's not just the size, but also uh, they are really very, very, you say, nice looking, but also right. uh, very, very strong fish. There's, you know, you have a more colorful rainbow trout in trouble that usually that's the one that has been to the river. So that's more of a regular rainbow. But then you have ones that are very silver, very chrome. And we call them chromers. Uh, cool. Because they are, those are the, one, the fish you want to catch at trouble, you know? Yeah. Uh, those fish are the ones that take you, I don't know, maybe a, a 10 plus pound fish probably will take you into the backing several times. And sometimes strange things happen like, you know, a, a hook, is bent, especially wow. not, not so good uh, hooks. So we always advise anglers to bring the, the best quality hooks possible, strong wire. Or I, for example, I've lost uh, fly lines because they, they, they go into the bucket and then my reel jams. And so all those incredible things that do happen and uh, it's amazing to catch one of those fish. Uh, for me, it's uh, one of the most remarkable things about struggle. That's very cool. Um, the, I bet you have some crazy stories related to that. What are some stories that stand out as far as things that have happened with fish and yeah you know there are many 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 stories that you see or happen to you and yeah for me one of the most uh, fun and uh, incredible thing was that one time I I was uh, on, a, on a very nice summer day I, I, I caught a very nice fish I was watching the fish cruising and then so I put a big fat Albert and finally after rejecting a couple of times and uh, he came for the fly and took it and then I was fishing in a bay called Dry Fly Bay and so this fish took the fly it was probably close to 20 pounds and then he immediately took off into the middle of the of the lake and so I was watching my fly line going and then <laughs> I went into the backing and then I, I saw my reel starting to, I, it was a reel I hadn't used in a, in a while, started to see the reel kind of like jamming and until it broke and it completely stopped and I, my backing snapped oh. and then I saw the, the fly line <laughs> going 
the fish was still swimming and around and jumping and so I would see my line <laughs> going back and forth and like three days later I found near there I found the the fly line it was completely then it was windy so my fly line was totally <laughs> no uh, kidding trashed into the rocks after but so it was gone the, the, but I was so it's still a nice memory yeah that I always remember <laughs> you don't see that you don't hear about things like that too often and that says a lot about the fishery too yeah that's pretty cool um so what got you down there in the first place um how did you decide to well it was uh, you know um, very several coincidences that that took place you know uh, well as i mentioned i always been a fly fisherman for since i was a kid and i was in northern patagonia staying at the friend's cabin with a former ex uh, ex girlfriend huh. uh, and so well she was you know very very nice uh, wi woman but uh, kind of like a pain in the ass type <laughs> of type of very demanding woman and uh, so well the relationship was about to end and i w we were going to the place to have a picnic and i was going to fish and in a place called Mukewe in, in the province of Neuquén, there were two hitchhikers, a couple, and I saw the fly rods sticking out of the of the backpacks. They were backpackers, huh. and so I I told my ex, "Okay, I'm going to pick up these uh, hitchhikers because they're fly fishermen." Uh, yeah. My ex says, "No way! The the hitchhikers are, are dirty and smelly and <laughs> not nice and dangerous." And so, just to piss her off, I immediately stopped and picked <laughs> these guys up. And it turns out they were from from the USA, they were from Montana, and they were fishing, and you know, uh, this guy, Eric, his name is Eric, Eric Argotti, he was a photographer and fishing guide, and his wife was also a really nice uh, fisherman. And well, so I took them fishing, and we spent all day long, and really, one of those times that you make friends right away, and well, we were just fishing as a common thing, you know, in between. Yeah. And well, so then, um, Stayed, I gave them my email and then suggested many things, many places to, for them to go, keep going fishing to other places and put them in touch with some friends. And then, well, on the way back, I always were in, in touch with him. And then several years later, uh, Eric uh, wrote to me an email saying that he was going to to go uh, check out the place and do photos for a loop company with the Trout Bums uh, right. guys, you know. And so they went to Gallegos River and then they went to place called Jurassic Lake <laughs> and so well uh, at that time it was just uh, the camp from Loop and uh, so well he came back and said hey Luciano this place is Strobel Lake is amazing and the Barancoso River is also great and so at that time my father we, we live in the center of Argentina so very far from there my father and I had a in our office a estancia sometimes we do real estate business and we had a, um, a, a ranch to sell in La Pampa and the owner of Estancia Laguna Verde showed up in our office to buy this this property because he was selling Estancia Laguna Verde in the south where and so we decided to say hey we would like to go and check out your your Estancia bef before you sell it because maybe we are interested and we were actually trying to go there and fish for free actually that was the truth yeah <laughs> so we <laughs> we we set up the trip in I know half a day and then I told my wife, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. And my wife said, but tomorrow is your birthday. I had a party set up uh, <laughs> to, to for you with your friends. Well, I don't know, I, I'm leaving to go fishing <laughs> nice. with my father. And so we, we took off. And my, my wife wasn't very happy, but I, we took off anyway. So on the 22nd of February uh, was my birthday, and we arrived to Laguna Verde. And so we were fishing there and catching some fish. And then we, from pretending to be interested, we were really interested in the in the place and That's you know funny. also you fell in love with it you know the landscape looks you, you may see it looks harsh or it's a very you know 
for me it has a, what I call a harsh beauties, you know, right. you know, not not a lot of trees, but you know, un under that uh, curtain you see a lot of beauty and birds and wildlife. Uh, cool. That is not obvious, you could say. Yeah, cool. And so after that we ended up, uh, well, on the way back uh, we were actually talking with this, the owner to actually buy the estancia, which we ended up buying. And which is not part of the original purpose No, at all. no. And from then, actually, uh, so I guess he hooked us. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's great. We, f we thought we were smarter, but he was <laughs> smarter than, than Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, so the place actually drew you in more than the yes, other yes, yeah, yes. That's awesome. Um, so tell us about the lodge itself. What's the lodge itself like? So the lodge, w from uh, you know, the, the estancia had an old estancia house, very, very w basic, but very well built, you know, with big, uh, you know, s uh, rock walls, you know, 60 centimeter uh, rock walls, very, wow. very basic, but really well built. And so from there, we built the lodge around and preserving what we thought it was the history of the place, you know, because it was uh, very maybe cool. from the 1920s, you know. Uh, nice. You would the the first people that came there were we came in with the uh, wagons, you know. And oh wow! And so the, the original wheels of those wagons are still. They, I guess they came in but never went out, you know. The, the original yeah. wheels of those wagons. Sort of like you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so well, the, those um, wagons are in, in the entrance of the of the lodge because well, we thought it was also part of the history of the place. And so we we'll, we started building, and the first season we had uh, three rooms. I know, of course, well the living room and all that, but. And then from there on, we started adding more and more rooms, and now at the moment we have, which I think is going to be the probably the, the maximum, seven uh, double be uh, bedrooms. That's with, great. We have suite bathrooms, and then we have a new waiting room, and then living room, and we add a, a wing, new wing to the living room. And we're trying to add uh, more and more, uh, you know, comfort, you could say, and make m things more more nice and for guests, no? And at the same time, preserve the, the heritage. Yes, the exactly, yeah. I think that, you know, we've, from the first time we were there with my father, you know, which we've done everything together with my father. Uh, it's been really, you know, exciting. And also we've really fell in love with the place and tried to preserve it and keep us uh, unspoiled uh, as, yeah. as we found it. No? Perfect. Yeah. Um, so for someone uh, who hasn't been down there and is unfamiliar with uh, the fishery, what types of considerations should people make as far as planning a trip down there and also gear? Well, you know, I think that uh, for uh, for a trip, well, for once, you know, it's a place where Stroll Lake being a lake, most people have a preconception about lake being lake fishing being fishing with, uh, you know, uh, sinking lines and blind casting. And actually, Stroll Lake offers a very different uh, aspect, which is lots of sight fishing, very clear waters, lots of basically you are fishing floating lines, many times dry flies, small nymphs. Uh, so it actually it's pretty delicate fishing compared to the size of the fish. And so when it comes to a trip, uh, I think it, regarding tackle, usually the usual rod for a for a stroll lake is a eight weight rod. Wow, cool. Usually, yeah, fast action probably uh, the because best. of the wind. Yeah. yeah, because of the wind. And then we use a lot those type of what we call shooting lines. You know, like you have several brands like Rio Outbound uh, or Outbound Short. Airflow has 40 plus and sniper you have a wolf royal wolf has one called ambush very nice too with like the heavier the head yes, the shorter exactly. head yes. yeah so what it does is allows you to cast uh, longer and also easier in right. windy conditions and also we suggest anglers to bring also a regular weight forward line for calm days because 
those days presentation becomes really uh, important. So usually those days uh, you need to lengthen the, the leader, have a longer leader, like usually it's nine uh, feet uh, leader, but for calm days probably you want to go with 12 or even 15 uh, foot leader because that allows you to present just the fly um, to the fish and so it's much, much more effective to, 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 to fish in those days with a weight forward line and a long leader. That really, it's important. So you have to be, uh, yeah, make a, a stealth presentation. Try to not spook the fish with the shadow. Sometimes, uh, just a shadow of a, a line in the air when it's, the sun is up uh, spooks the fish. So, uh, uh, it, yeah, it's uh, challenging, but also really interesting and fun for sure. And yeah. certainly rewarding with the type yeah. of the fish you have down there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so, uh, when f flying there, um, what airport do people fly into, and then is there? So, well, usually most anglers fly into Buenos Aires, the capital of Argentina. Okay. And from there, unless they're coming from other destination inside the country in Argentina, they usually fly into Calafate. Calafate is a, it's a very nice town in the, by the mountains oh, uh, wow. in, in southern Patagonia, in the province of Santa Cruz, also the province where the lodge is. And so usually I suggest uh, most people to take at least one day to, to go and spend in Calafate because you have there also Perito Moreno Glacier, as well as other famous glaciers, which are really interesting to to visit in the in the day before in the day before um, arriving to the lodge. So usually anglers arrive the day early to Calafate, usually visit the glacier, have a nice they have good good gastronomy in Calafate, good hotel. So spend the night there, and the next morning, 7:30 a.m., we pick them up and do the transfer to to the lodge, which usually takes about four and a half to five hours, depending on. Hopefully, with our new government in Argentina, uh, the asphalt road will be finished, and so that, that will make the the road. Uh, I mean, the trip close to maybe three hours, so that would oh, wow. make it much much easier now. But yeah, uh, but it's 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 cool to hear that it's such a long drive anyway, because it shows how remote it is too. Yes, it's very remote, and also uh, the the sites are really interesting. You, you go by a couple of very nice lakes uh, called Viedma and Argentino Lake, and also you get to see Fitzroy Mountain and Torrey, which are very yeah. famous for especially for people that like climbing and hiking. They're really interesting to, that's to see. That's what's on the Patagonia logo. Exactly, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, Iconic, cool. Yeah, Fitzroy and, and Torre both are very close one to the other, and yeah, it's very close to a small town called El Chalten, which some people make the short trip from Calafate. It's also a really, really cool area there to, to visit. That's great. Yeah. Thinking about how remote it is down there, do you also have interesting wildlife? Yes, yes, yeah, there's lots of uh, wildlife, like you can see a lot, especially lots of birds. Uh, there are a lot, which you wouldn't imagine in a windy region, but actually there are lots and lots of birds huh. uh, from flamingos, and especially there's uh, one bird that's very, very unique, and it was discovered in 1974. It's called hooded grebe, and actually many people come to the Estancia just to see no that, that grebe, which is a, a very, very, is it in a, in an endangered species. Okay. Um, so many people come, but also you, sometimes you get to see a puma, you know, like a mountain lion. Nice. No, not, not every day, but you see, at least you get to see the, the, the tracks. And That'll okay. spice things up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, a lot of uh, guanacos, you know, the, like a, which is like a llama, but from, from, the, yeah. from Patagonia. But you see a lot of guanacos, and then you see a lot of uh, rias, uh, which are also yeah, very nice. And it's, you know, a very, very wild and remote location. So the wildlife is undisturbed and beautiful uh, yeah so it's 
very common too. And well, you know, this this uh, grebe, this hooded grebe, is an endangered species. So, in in our instance, we are uh, participating with a with a um, non non government uh, agency, the or uh, office, which are in a, in a um, project in order to try to uh, get the hooded grebe back to the uh, old populations which were higher, and for different reason, re reasons, the the population has become smaller so we are participating in this project and trying to to help good so yeah the idea of that is the the hooded grip puts two eggs but actually only uh, takes care of one so the second egg dies so oh. this project is a group of biologists take that second egg that has be, been discarded by the the hooded, the couple of the hooded grip so they take it to our estancia and they have an incubator and many things so they actually it's a very interesting project because they after uh, several well, mistakes and failures. Finally, they were able to uh, incubate one successfully and reintroduce into the into the environment again. So, the after many you say errors, trial and errors, finally came to a, a, a system that actually was successful and hopefully. That's terrific. Yeah. You can really bring up the numbers that way. Yeah, exactly. So also, it's nice because it uses uh, an egg which is being discarded by the 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 couple of the hooded grief. So uh, doesn't affect at all the the population or, or their their system no? that's great well it sounds like an incredible place um, and you have some great videos and photographs uh, that I think uh, people would be attracted to as well check out um, for the listeners check out estancialagunaverde.com um, and you're also on Facebook and Instagram and um, there's lots of great stuff out there to learn more thanks for having us oh, thank you thank you very much mm -hmm.